Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Seedmasters Nova Series 2. No clever message, just simple, no-nonsense precision. Learn more about the features at seedmaster.ca. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Saskatchewan is going to the polls in late October. The Premier announced the election this morning. We review some of the issues APAS wants politicians to consider for rural Saskatchewan. But there's also a rural municipal election underway. SARM President Ray Orb discusses the details around the election for councillors and Reeves this fall, with the rural municipal election two weeks after the provincial election. Another farm show falls victim to COVID-19, this time Cropsphere in Saskatoon. Real agriculture looks at the impact of the coronavirus on the meat industry. A smart farming agreement has been reached between the University of Saskatchewan and SaskTel, and we explain how farmers will benefit. And we take a look at feedlot issues surrounding COVID-19. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Um. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns and more. Build with confidence, olympic-buildings.ca. And JGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call JGL Commodities today, 306-624-2378. The provincial election campaign is underway officially as of today, with electors going to the polls on October the 26th. Last week, APAS outlined farm election priorities for all parties. APAS sees farm priorities like rural infrastructure, particularly internet and cell phone service, carbon offsets for farmers, review of surface rights legislation, and improving roads and short-line railroads, and improving farm support plan farm support plans. APAS is also pushing for increased farm research. Nominations are now open for candidates for rural municipal elections across Saskatchewan. In most RMs, the odd-numbered divisions for councillors and the Reeves are up for election. SARM President Ray Orb says the rural municipal election date is set for November the 9th. Of course, anybody, you know, that's a, a voter in a rural municipality, either you, you know, you own property or you live in a rural municipality. You know, a lot of people do vote. You know, you're eligible to run for council. Uh, so this year, um, the elections will be uh, will be up for Reeve. The terms are up for Reeve and the, uh, and the odd-numbered division. So we really have about, um, you know, half of our RM councils coming up uh, 
for elections. So, you know, Starmer is encouraging, uh, you know, people, um, you know, of course, the incumbents, the, ones, the people that are elected now, you know, to uh, resubmit their names for nomination. But if there are people out there that are interested, there are, you know, in some cases, there may be vacancies, there may be people that are retiring. Uh, that are on council, so there might be openings. So we're encouraging people to think about that because um, it's important to your own municipality to be a representation uh, on the, on that council, and also to ratepayers to consider voting as well. Yeah, the turnout. Uh, you know, we're a little bit, um, I guess, apprehensive. Uh, you know, because of COVID nineteen, uh, some RMs have uh, have opted to include uh, mail in ballots. And some haven't, but uh, it, the ones that haven't, of course, they have to follow the proper uh, protocol, you know, the social distancing protocols and things like that. I understand uh, October 7th is the deadline for nominations for those who want to run for council, and the big election is November 9th? Yeah, that's right. Really, there's, uh, you know, just about a, a month of, uh, of campaigning, and, uh, you know, I've done that in the past myself, and that time goes by really quickly. I understand that you're running again. You're letting your name stand for Reeve of the Arm of Cupar? Yes, I, I've just actually uh, resubmitted my nomination papers for another term. So, um, you know, I'm still excited. I think as, as long as I feel that I have uh, something to offer to our, our rural uh, residents in the Arm of Cupar, um, you know, I'm going to be there to represent them as Reeve. And I'm also, uh, you know, I'll be looking again, if I'm re-elected in the Army Cooper, I'll be looking again to be re-elected as a son president for another term, for, for a two-year term. So um, I'm still interested in that as well. And I think that we've done some good things for rural Saskatchewan. What do you see are the key issues facing rural Saskatchewan on a province-wide basis? Well, a lot of it, you know, I suppose once we do get this crop off and, you know, be able to move that crop, I know grain movement's always been an issue to uh, to our uh, Saskatchewan farmers. Rural crime is still an issue. We have some places in the province where it is not subsiding. Uh, the stats seem to show that uh, rural crime is, uh, is going away uh, a bit, but uh, we still have a lot of work to do on that file. But I think one of the most important things now that's shown us during COVID is that we don't have near near good enough connectivity. We don't have good enough cell phone coverage in a lot of the areas of our province. We don't have good internet service either. And that's something we've been meeting and we've been pushing the province to try and rectify that. It's just uh, simply not good enough. Uh, we don't have the capability that we should have in rural Saskatchewan to run our farm businesses, uh, to be able to do distance education or health education or health help uh, as far as that goes. So we need to uh, dig in our heels with the province and find uh, some innovation to be able to deliver better internet services. Ray Orb is the president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. Okay. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. And the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. Another agricultural event is making some major changes due to COVID-19. CropSphere and its multi-day program in Saskatoon during the second week of January has been cancelled. CropSphere is organized by six producer organizations. Sask Canola, Sask Wheat, Sask Barley, Sask Oats, Sask Flax and the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. Dallas Carpenter is the communications manager with the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. 
obviously the health of our attendees, sponsors, speakers, that's our top priority and we want everyone to remain safe. So this year we're just going to be holding the annual general meetings like we usually do on the first day of the show. So those will all be on Tuesday, January 12th. In addition to the online annual general meetings, there will be a market outlook for each crop. We're still going to have a few market analysts speak to the market outlooks for each of the crops. So we'll do canola, wheat, and barley before those AGMs, flax notes in the afternoon, and then pulses, uh, just because there's so many different pulse crops out there. They'll have their own market outlook session before they end the day with the Sask Pulse Growers AGM. Carpenters as staff from the six grower organizations are working on details, such as the submission and voting on resolutions at the annual general meetings. We should have by late November, early December, a platform where producers and non-producers can register for the event. They can declare if they've sold the crop and they're uh, registered to uh, vote for that AGM. Those who aren't are still welcome to attend the AGM and and uh, watch the uh, market outlook sessions. So we're, we're intending to have that ready to go by the beginning of December. The in-person CropSphere event slated for the second week of January has been cancelled. Instead, the six grower organizations will be holding their annual general meetings online that will take place on January the 12th. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio joined by Chris White of the Canadian Meat Council. This past spring, COVID-19 had a major impact on your members in the meatpacking industry. What did we learn from last spring to make sure that we don't have a repeat performance in the fall? I think there's a number of lessons that were learned. Certainly the physical distancing was uh, critical. The introduction of PPE <clears throat> was very, very important. Um, but just also just working collectively with the Canadian Food Inspection Agency and their vets uh, in real time and public health. So all of the lessons that were learned and all of the measures that were put in place, uh, those have all been maintained. And in fact, this week, uh, our board of directors has a call with the deputy minister of ag and the president of the CFIA to discuss just what we're talking about this morning, which is what lessons did we learn? What measures <clears throat> are required, um, to be put in place that perhaps we hadn't considered? And what does government need of industry and what does industry need from government? So the kind of conversations that took place on an almost daily basis with government last uh, last spring have continued throughout the summer and, and will continue uh, throughout the fall. How do, you, how do you handle some of the contact or you know some of the infection that happened outside of the plant with some of the employees and, and trying to push some of these protocols uh, on, on, on some of the employees, trying to keep them safe? outside of the, you know, even when they're away from your facility, there was a lot of discussion about that in, in, in the springtime. How do you address that? Well, I think the public health agencies have done a terrific job in terms of educating, not just uh, plant workers, but, you know, all Canadians in terms of what community spread looks like. And certainly where we're located in Ottawa, um, 
you know, province of Ontario, the premier yesterday indicated we're clearly in a second wave. So they've reduced the numbers of uh, people you can have both for inside and outside gatherings. So there's a lot of that, but particularly, specifically, I should say at plants, there's testing that goes on before you can even get into the plant in the morning. So all of those measures, um, again, that were introduced last spring will be kept in place because it's clear that when you look at some of the incidents that took place and have taken place, uh, they weren't directly related to what was taking place in the plants because, you know, processing plants, packing plants are among the safest uh, spaces to, to be working in because of all the uh, safeguards. It's the community spread that's a real challenge. And the only way that that can be prevented is if people really adhere to the bubbles uh, that have been established or recommended by public health officers across Canada. Yeah, in, in highly competitive industry, you know, if you look at uh, amongst your membership, right? So you've got on the beef side, you've got, you know, some of the biggest in the world like Cargill and JBS. Uh, obviously, on the pork side, we have some some major competitors. But behind the scenes, there, I would imagine there's quite a bit of collaboration here to try to come up with best management practices because this situation goes way beyond competitive factors. Absolutely. So... In our case, we have a board of directors that's comprised of, you know, all the big beef players, all the beef pork players across Canada. And one of the things that happened uh, from the outset was exactly that, the sharing of best practices. So if if a company had introduced uh, a specific measure and found that it was effective, they would circulate it. They would provide the information in terms of where they sourced the PPE. And certainly when we were dealing with government, we would have calls with senior officials, both elected and non-elected. We would have our board of directors on those calls, and they would be sharing that information with government. So I don't think you should be surprised in terms of, um, you know, obviously, first and foremost, uh, you know, companies and employees were worried about the health and welfare of their employees and by extension, their families. But, you know, I think it was just last night that John, Hop- John Hopkins University indicated that the, um, the death toll had surpassed 1 million globally. And I think everybody has been just so struck by the, the enormity uh, of the pandemic. And there's a lot of luck involved in it that you don't have it or I haven't contracted it. But, you know, if you sort of look around, you probably know somebody has who has been either affected directly or just, you know, indirectly. So everybody is rallying to, to do whatever they can to ensure the, the safety of their employees. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devon at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather for today, partly cloudy sky, 30% chance of showers early this afternoon, wind northwest 40 gusting to 60. The high today, 17 degrees, the low plus 4 and risk of frost. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, wind northwest 20 gusting to 40, increasing to 40 gusting to 60 in the morning. The high tomorrow, just 13, the low minus 3. Thursday, sunny, the high 11, the low plus 3. Friday, clearing sky, the high 17, the low plus 2. Saturday, partly cloudy, the high 12, the low 2. 
Sunday, sunny with a high of 18, the low 5. Monday, sunny and a high near 21. Normal high is 15, the normal low is plus 1. The sun rose at 6.56 this morning. It sets at 6.41 tonight. And around the province, we have the hot spot, Val Murray in the southwest corner at 21. Up north, the cold spot, Collins Bay at 8 degrees. Estevan is 17, Saskatoon 16, Swift Current also 17, Weyburn 15, Yorkton 17 degrees. In Regina, cloudy and 16, that's 61 Fahrenheit, Windsor from the west-northwest 54, gusting to 65. Humidity 38%, the barometer rising 101.4. Cloudy and Moose Jaw 15, Windsor from the northwest 37, gusting to 59. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 16, that's 61 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Come. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer is just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Digital agricultural technologies are becoming fairly common in the grains and oilseed sector. Vast amounts of data are collected and converted into useful information for agronomists and farmers. Now we're seeing this type of technology in the livestock sector as well. SASTEL and the University of Saskatchewan are partnering to launch a living laboratory at the University's Livestock and Forage Centre of Excellence near Clavet, about 40 kilometres southeast of Saskatoon. Terry Fonstad is the Associate Dean of Research and Partnerships with the University of Saskatchewan's College of Engineering. He says farmers are already familiar with the types of technology used to gather data. Exactly. We've got that on combines, on your air seed or your air cart, all of those things. And now we want to start measuring the moisture content, not only under my crop, but now under my forages. And instead of uh, managing the, uh, the biometrics of my combine, I actually want to manage the biometrics of my cattle. I want to know body temperature. Did they go to water? How are they eating? You know, how are my calves growing? And can I do that out on a range? And all of that's probably possible, but uh, there's some technology that we need to advance and demonstrate in order to help the ranchers start integrating that. Smart farming is a common catchword for the new technology. I hesitate to use the word smart farm because our farmers are already really, really smart. And you're never going to replace that experience. But if we can help them make decisions based on the data that they're getting, because they're bombarded with data, but how do I process that data and turn it into something that I can use to make a decision? And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's their decision based on their experience. But if you can give them the data in a way that allows them to make quicker or better decisions, then you're farming smarter already. Some of the new technology is being developed by smaller companies. There's numbers of startups, even Saskatchewan startups now, that are, are coming up with technology. That's one source. There's some fairly developed sources that have already been in the sector for a while, particularly in the feedlot. There's a lot of sensors get used in the feedlot, but how do we use those same sensors out on a range? Um, and then, of course, there's, there's just those ideas. If, if I want to know an animal's body temperature, can I transmit it in real time to that ear tag? And can that ear tag transmit it to a drone or to a tower and get it back to me so I know if an animal is going to be sick before they get sick? And, and you know, those are some ideas that, you know, there, I think there's people working on them, but I'm not sure that's a mature technology yet, but it would be very useful. Fonstad provides this example about how new technology could benefit ranchers and farmers in the future. 
if I could move the cattle off the forage, if I knew it was starting to get dry underneath and I could move those cows off even a day or two before I started grazing it too low, the forage is going to recover faster. If I know where a cow's down and I know where she is through GPS, I may be not riding a horseback for six hours looking for her. I maybe only got to ride a half an hour to get to her. And then I get to her quicker, so maybe I can save her too. And so there's just those efficiencies in, in not only the, the rancher's time, but also in, in the you know animal health and animal care. And what does SASTAL bring to the table? SASTAL really brings that hardware that they have, the large network that, of course, our Crown Corporation in Saskatchewan brings, but they also bring the ability to integrate technology from startups, from people that have ideas, and integrate it into their system. they got some really highly trained people, and they can also help us design some software. And so that's all the stuff that we as researchers need to make things happen, because we've got the sensors and the knowledge and, the, and, and that side of it, but how do I get that from where it is back to a computer somewhere that can process it and then put it on some sort of a interface that allows me to make decisions and it isn't just data. And that's where Sastel can really shine on that side of it. The Livestock and Forage Centre of Excellence near Clavette will be the first cattle-based research smart farm in Canada. It will focus on maximizing efficiency in an interconnected wireless environment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. It's been a challenging year for Western Canadian feedlots. In April and May, cattle slaughter numbers declined substantially as hundreds of employees at two large Alberta processing facilities tested positive for COVID-19. Fed cattle prices dropped to the lowest point in eight years. There has been some recovery, but Canfax reports feedlots remain below the break-even point. On the positive side, higher slaughter numbers now are starting to eat into the backlog of feeder cattle. Brian Perea is the manager and senior analyst at Canfax. He spoke last Wednesday evening during an online town hall organized by the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Processing levels pretty much back to pre-COVID levels and basically throwing in Saturday shifts, uh, we're able to actually increase our fed slaughter. The cow market's hanging in there, but uh, doesn't have the premium it has to the U.S. So we've maybe seen a few cows shuffle south. And certainly Packers here focusing on these fed cattle numbers. If you remember, we were talking at one point roughly 130,000 cattle backlogged uh, through the summer. Here we've processed over 32,000 head more than a year ago. There are still quite a few feeder cattle waiting in line for processing. Whether you call it a backlog or not, there's still about 80 to 90,000 head of cattle. Let's say somewhat not accounted for here through this. Carcass weights uh, in Canada have started to grow and move above a year ago. So maybe there is, you know, it's not a, a big um, extreme case right now, but uh, this past week we saw our steer carcass weights jump quite a bit above a year ago and something we've got to monitor as we still got some cattle here to work through through the rest of the third quarter and maybe into the start of the fourth quarter. Fed cattle prices are better than the spring, but feedlots aren't making money right now. We hit some of the lowest prices since 2012, 2013. 
uh, here. We've been well below a year ago all summer and continue to be uh, at a weakness due to, you know, large cattle supplies on the market. It's not uncommon. We're in the low 130s. Uh, you know, again, this week, you know, Packers are playing that they've got ample inventories in front of them with not a lot of upside here in probably the short term over the next month or so would be kind of our estimate. Uh, hopefully we can get some seasonal rallies you can see into the fourth quarter, uh, but that may be limited somewhat. Another negative factor over the summer was the rising Canadian dollar, but it has been showing some weakness this month, which is helping the market. As for feed barley, we're back into that 230 range into the new year, priced into 240. So that's a dollar a bushel kind of a climb. You know, when you talk about a dollar a bushel, that can have almost a 20 cent impact on calf prices. Uh, depending where these feed costs fall out. So U.S. corn was being imported again and could provide a ceiling on barley, but on the other hand, as corn prices rise, uh, so does barley. Calf prices have been able to hold their own so far, but it's hard to say what will happen further into the fall calf run. Brian Perea is the manager and senior analyst at Canfax. He made these comments last Wednesday during a virtual town hall event sponsored by the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. A new study from McGill University says heat waves and drought are becoming increasingly common in the western U.S. The study says climate change with periods of dry, hot weather are becoming larger, more intense, and more frequent. The researchers studied heat and drought across the U.S. over the past 122 years. They found dry and hot events have increased in frequency and also size, and now cover whole regions. Drought and record-breaking heat waves are behind the numerous wildfires affecting the western U.S. These extreme weather events can be damaging for farm production, according to the report. And according to the researchers, the trigger is shifting. The 1930s Dust Bowl were due to a lack of rain and poor land management practices. In recent decades, dry hot disasters are driven more often by excess heat than a lack of rainfall. The researchers caution the future will see more of these disasters if current warming trends continue. They suggest using the findings to adapt and react to climate change. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading this morning at Viterra. Canola fell 5.20 at 4.55.67. Number one red spring wheat dropped $1.19 at 2.18.63. The rest were unchanged. Durham 2.68.22. Feed barley 183.70. Flax 5.79.06. Lentils 5.95.50. Oats $173.53. Yellow peas 255.89 and feed wheat 166.16. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures fell four cents at 5.25 and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Source 620 CKRM.
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of September 29th. Our last regular sale was on September 16th. The slaughter market was down a few cents. They usually drop this time of year. Grilling season is pretty well over. Hefferettes sold from $1 to $1.10. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.73 cents to $0.83. Cents. D3 cows sold from $0.65 cents to $0.72. Cents. Counter cows sold from $0.50 cents to $0.60. Cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.10 to $1.20. We had a pre-sorted yearling sale on the 14th. 6.50 to 700 pounds steers averaged $1.98 and sold up to $2.11. 700 to 800 pounds steers averaged $1.97 and sold up to $2.11. 800 to 900 pounds steers averaged $1.89 and sold up to $2.03. And steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.75 and sold up to $1.85. Heifers were about 15 to 20 cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,800 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 177 to 207 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,200 head, selling in a range of 178 to 209 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 18 to 23 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and forward contract prices opened lower this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar was up 14 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3378. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Olympic Buildings. See them for ag buildings, riding arenas, hay barns, and more. Build with confidence. Olympic-buildings.ca. U.S. President Donald Trump is set to approve a $22 billion railway between Alaska and Alberta. The A2A project would build a new rail line from Fort McMurray, Alberta, through the Northwest Territories and Yukon to the Delta Junction in Alaska, where it will connect with an existing rail and continue on to ports near Anchorage. The 2,700-kilometer railway could move cargo like grain, oil, potash, ore, and container goods. Alberta supports the proposal as beneficial for trade. The next steps will include environmental impact assessments and obtaining regulatory approval in the U.S. and Canada. A2A Rail has said the project will create more than 18,000 jobs for Canadian workers and have a $60 billion impact on the economy through 2040. There's a beef recall in Quebec. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency says JBS Food Canada is recalling some Provigo ground beef products. They may have E. coli contamination. The agency says the products impacted by the recall are club packs of medium ground beef or fresh lean ground beef with best before dates ranging from September 16th to 18th. The agency says the products were sold at Provigo's One Boulevard to Plateau location in Gatineau, Quebec. On the market, stocks were down in late morning trading. The TSX Composite Index was down 76 points at 16,166. 
In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 167 points at 27,416. The Canadian dollar traded down 17 one-hundredths of a cent at 74.61 cents U.S. And the November crude oil contract was down $1.92 at 38.68 a barrel. That's the Resource Report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 145 this afternoon and an Agri-News Report at 345 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News Report at 645 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.